Devil Times 5 this month, we sniff the arseholes of films about killer dogs. But will we want to lick their balls too? <laughs> yeah, I wrote that. Um, did, <laughs> really? <laughs> don't know why. Don't know why. <laughs> that was the first thing I wrote when I woke up this morning. Yeah. When I woke up this morning, I was like, oh, I've got just the thing. And uh, I just looked at it. And I was like, <laughs> Dog balls. Do dogs even lick each other's balls? I've, nev- I've not done the research, to be honest. Probably. I don't know. Go to the park and have a look. Depends what the dog's into, really. True, true, true. What you should do, Cliff, is you should go to the nearest park and ask dog owners. Ask the dogs. (laughs) Don't ask the owners. They're not going to tell you. Front page of the Brighton Argus tomorrow. (laughs) Perverts spotted in park asking (laughs) dog owners. Page two. Dogs dogs lick each other's balls, balls. says researcher. (laughs) Page three is two dogs licking each other's balls. (laughs) (laughs) Bring your special mirror, Cliff. It'll be fine. Special mirror? Yeah. What? <laughs> oh, this rings a bell. From, what was that about? <laughs> what the fuck? Is your arsehole? Oh, yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> Fucking <mirror>. hell. <laughs> How long ago? That's six months ago we talked about that, wasn't it? Six episodes ago. Anyway, we've me. got a lot to get through this month. <laughs> so, hello, you are listening to episode 84 of the Devil Times 5 Horror Podcast. I'm Cliff, and I'm not saying I'm top dog. That is for other people to say. But I'm joined by my kennel mate, Simon, Emily, and she's about to go walkies, but she's here one last time, Bryony. Hello, Aww. you lot. Hello. Hello. And we're joined by a very good boy. A very, very, very good boy. <laughs> Our guest devil is comedian Phil Green. Hello, Phil. Hello. Hello. Uh, straight back from New York. Hot yes. Off the plane. Hot, hot, hot off the, the plane. plane. You were saying just before we started that you were having to interrupt your holiday by watching some films about killer dogs. Yeah, for us. I did. Okay, I had to come back to the hotel so I could watch a dog film and then <laughs> had to sit on a flight watching dog films, uh, <laughs> which is which is quite embarrassing in some cases when people are walking past you trying to get to the loo. But uh, yeah, honestly, was, it could have been so much worse. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Cliff watches all the violent pornographic <laughs> shit on the train on the way to the so. <laughs> I don't uh, know if that's more embarrassing. Maybe it is. <laughs> well, there's, there's there's a Italian film called Dog Lay Afternoon. I'll let your imagination oh, do the wow. rest. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> wow. So are you a dog person, Phil, or is it just the way you're sitting? No. <laughs> Lick my own balls. Um, no, I, uh, yes, I am a dog person. I do have a dog. Um, I talk about my dog quite a lot, as Emily knows, but um, yeah, uh, he's he, he he wouldn't feature, he's in no way, he's the least aggressive dog you could possibly imagine. And that, I think that was a part of the problem with these films. It was like, I'm watching them, watching dogs do these horrific stuff, but then... Every now and then I go, yeah, but it's a doggy. Look at his little face. <laughs> yeah, that's over. exactly what I was yeah. like. Your dog, who is called Keith, which is the best dog name ever, <laughs> would yeah. be really good in a sort of like an American mumblecore movie or like a Swedish <laughs> kind of philosophical drama. Because yeah, I remember once we were in the pub and he sighed and he put his head down on the table. And later I asked him a question and there was a really, really long pause and he made a weird noise like he was trying to answer it. Yeah. Does he have long paws? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Like I said, we've got a lot to get through, uh, including our highs and lows of 2023 at the end of the show, as well as some very important news and a new listeners competition. But we'll start as ever with our highs and lows of recent horror viewing. So which films have been setting our tails wagging and which have been rough? Bryony, you can start. My low is Violent Night. 
I made it about 25 minutes in and was just bored, which is a shame because I was in the mood for some over-the-top Christmas horror. There are two films that came out last Christmas with very similar posters. Which one is that? Is that the one set in a record shop? No, it's the one set in a home and there's like a home break-in, not like a care home. Yeah. someone's house <laughs> <laughs> non-residential we call that in the industry um uh-huh. no it was someone's Ooh. house and it's got him from strange things in it being santa and yeah it was just very uh saccharine and not very funny and not particularly violent and you're high i watched um the psychic vulture's the psychic ah, lovely yeah really good it is. Like, shockingly good for a jello, um, especially for sort of a Fulci later in jello. It's like, oh, this has a cohesive plot and is good. So I was pleasantly surprised. I was expecting Italian sex film. No tits. No. Um, just good plot. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Good one. Yeah. And great music. As well. Tits yes. or plot. That's the decider. Which do you go for? Tits or plots. Tits or plots. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy or tits Daddy or tits Daddy or tits Which one gets you kids Which one gets you I brought you in this world I've just accidentally Come up with a a tongue twister Because it turned out I said um, Plot No what did I say Tits or tips Or plops Which is Tits tips or plops Are you having a stroke (laughs) Might well be (laughs) Might well be I've been very active today It's been too much Simon Highs and lows. I hate to be the guy who comes on here and says his high is Doctor Who, but there was a really creepy one where, like, they had really weird limbs that kind of... Oh, yeah. What was that one called? Wild Blue Yonder. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And um, I was like, this is some serious body horror for tea time viewing. It was like, I think sometimes it sneaks up on you how creepy they can actually make it. And I was mm. like, this is pretty good. My wife was fucking terrified. <laughs> I was like, I was probably, I was like, this is fantastic. She's like, oh, God. So, uh, yeah, and in fact, you know, generally the, I thought the run of the three episodes was good. I'd sort of lost faith in, in that show ever since they brought in a bloody woman. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> but, uh, but in general, it had been sort of, it sort of hadn't been grabbing me, but I thought these last few were, were good and pretty creepy. Yeah, I didn't mind them. I mean, I'm never going to be a huge fan, but. There's something about Doctor Who that makes me keep coming back and giving it a look and seeing how it's going, and those three were all right. I thought you hated Doctor Who. I'm sure no, you hated Star Trek. You hated it. Always been fine with it. It was part of my growing up, you know. Actually, one of the first scary things I ever saw was um, I walked into a room where someone's watching the episode where Tom Baker turns into Peter Davison, and I, that freaked me out so much. I, but, but to be honest, even just the opening titles they used to do where you'd see like the outline of the Doctor's face coming through space. That was enough to freak me out. <laughs> I'll be honest, I was actually most scared of the opening credits when I was yeah. very, very yeah. scared. I mean, yeah. Yeah. The, um, the TARDIS flying through space and then you had it like going through this thing that looked like a sort of an ice kind of nebula and then you have yeah. like a big Doctor face and it was all kind of mm. wobbly. Yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that used yeah. to freak me out. So. The young mind can't deal with opening titles. No. It's too abstract. Ooh. Yeah, that must be what it is. Anything else? Hello? No, I think that's the only horror-related non-dog thing I've watched since last record. All right. Emily? Uh, I've only watched one horror-related non-dog thing as well. And, uh... <laughs> You're listening to the horror-related non-dog, non-dog, non-dog thing. And later there will be the horror-related dog segment. Um, yeah, I watched um, Totally Killer on um, Amazon. 
Um, oh, so good. It basically kind of like Back to the Future slasher movie kind of mashup. And yeah, it worked really well. It was a very enjoyable film. Um, there's another film that looks quite similar called It's a Wonderful Knife, which I will be watching <laughs> once I get into my Christmas horror movies session. Well, uh, that might be my low, so... Oh, bollocks. Okay. Well, you know, I, I do love a Christmas horror movie, though, so my mileage may vary, but um, Totally Killer, I thought, was uh, was very, very good. It was very witty and um, imaginative and um, properly gory in places, so... Yeah, it really is, yeah. yeah. All the things that It's a Wonderful Knife isn't, <laughs> unfortunately. Phil? My high is uh, Talk To Me. Um, okay. Yeah, I, was, I thought it was really good. Um, I think it's exactly what a bunch of teenagers would do if they found a creepy hand that meant they could see dead people. Um, mm. I kind of believed in them as a group of friends. Uh, I like also the fact they didn't try to over-explain where they got the creepy hand from. It just went, oh, I bought it off a guy, bought it off a guy. And they went, oh, well, that's fine. That'll do. Um, my low is uh, Insidious, The Red Door. Okay. Which is <laughs> absolute toilet. It is so <laughs> boring. Uh, nothing happens for two hours it's so so dull everyone is really annoying in it as well they've brought in some new characters who are more annoying than the original characters it's it's so dull all right uh anyone else seen that i haven't but i did have a childish laugh over a misprint in um i think it was on a website instead of insidious the red door it said insidious the red d <laughs> I was like, "Wow, well, they've changed their um, their tactic." I must watch these movies. But I no, feel like we've wasn't. talked about Insidious a lot this year. My low, or should I go for two highs? Fuck it, I've talked about it. It's a wonderful knife a bit. My, I've got two highs. One I just watched today uh, is Dominic Brunt's new one, Wolf Manor, which is about well, it's the last night of a shoot of a vampire film starring some kind of you know washed up uh, old actor. And he is played by, let me look it up, James Fleet. Don't know if you know James Fleet. Old man, 70-year-old posh Englishman. Not really the sort of person that is that you would expect to be the lead in a slasher film. But there he is. And he's fucking brilliant in it. He's really, really funny, playing this doddery old cunt. And um, I, I really like Dominic Brunt's movies. <laughs> he's, he play, he's Paddy Dingle from Emmerdale, if any of you watch Emmerdale. Oh, you um, dodgery old Everything you've said about this film has surprised me with each sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to, yeah. Oh, Paul Fleet, he's going to be really cool. Fleet of Foot. Oh, he's a dodgery old cunt. Oh, he's a dodgery old up. cunt. And then it's, Emmerdale, what? Yeah, and then Emmerdale. <laughs> Dominic just, Brunt plays Paddy Dingle in Emmerdale, which I don't just, watch, but I know it's who like, he is. Cliff, it's like you've been replaced with AI. You're just saying <laughs> words. <laughs> he's made four. His fifth one's coming out... Um, Next week, I think. He's made four films that have been increasingly technically competent. This one is technically just looks like a normal film. It's very funny. It's a slasher movie uh, of sorts with a werewolf in it. Um, I mean, it's, it's just a lot of fun. Really Where are you it. watching this? Is it on I was on. That went on Prime today, yeah. Oh, sweet. Okay. I'll have to check yeah. that one out. Yeah. And my other high is not, not... Well, it's horror adjacent. It's got killings in it. Uh, Saltburn. Yes. Uh, yeah. So good. Um, Yes, which was your high last month, Emily. Yeah. So Barry Keoghan, as we now know, is, is pronounced, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is what you said last month. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just really enjoy it. It's just a lot of fun. It's good, good black comedy. Mm. Lots of things happen in it. And banging soundtrack. It's not that often you get the cheeky girls on a 
soundtrack. I met the Cheeky Girls once. <laughs> Did you say to them in many years' time, your Christmas song is going to be used in the background of a party scene in an acclaimed movie? No, I said, stay away from weird-looking Lib Dems. <laughs> You're better than that. They didn't listen. Well, one of them no. didn't. Yeah. No, they asked if they could borrow a pen off me because uh, they were chatting to some five blokes who were probably a boy band and they were swapping numbers, I guess, and they borrowed a pen off me. And that's, that's, their mum was there with them as well, their mum manager. Their mum's like the mastermind. Didn't she write Touch My Bum mm. and stuff? Yeah. I, I, I feel like we spoke about this earlier this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. We probably have. Yeah. So the theme of 2023 for us has been Insidious and the Cheeky Girls. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just surprised that Mama Cheeky didn't have her own pen to give her daughters to use. She's like, you've got to earn the pen. Sing about your bum some more. <laughs> no, what I was going to talk about with Thought Ben was um, the teenagers in the back row uh, I was sitting on the back row, always do, but the teenagers on the back row next to me um, and also further forward in the cinema, every single time there was any hint of sex or nudity, they were covering their eyes, they were looking away from the screen, they were going, oh, 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 it was so weird. Kids these days. That's Wimps. very weird. And also yeah. they must have done that quite a lot. Cause oh yeah, yeah, they were, yeah. They, they didn't, even by the end, they were still, every time anyone, they were just, oh no, oh, Oh my god, I can't believe oh, eh. it was I don't know if it was performative so. Puritanism or or they genuinely were shocked. Cause I've did never you, seen you did you get uh, your dick out to see? <laughs> I mean there was that every time there was some nudity <laughs> and sex on the screen. Just got yours out. Got it out, yep. Yeah. <laughs> the Emmanuel maneuver. <laughs> <laughs> This is why I'm opposed to people eating those boxes of popcorn in the same yeah. oh, You nearly said cock paws, didn't you? <laughs> 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 <It's cock-paws. laughs> Look at your boxes of cock porn at home. <laughs> don't take your cock porn to salt burn. Yeah, you don't want salt burn on your cock Cock porn, yeah. To be fair, salt could give you a cock burn, couldn't it? <laughs> Or bad, depending on what you're into. Um, yeah. Well, there are highs and lows. I think we've got off to a strong start this month. <laughs> now it's time to separate the best in shows from the total shit zoos. <laughs> and our first feature is Lewis Teeks. Cliff, did you make that? No, it's a rough mix by Wonder Dog from 1984, I think. Of course. Of course it was. What Was it an actual dog that made that? It was a synthesizer. A synthesizer. Oh. It made it sound like a dog. It might even have been a sampled dog. Don't know. What if it was a synthesizer being played by a by dog? dog. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very tired and I've compensated with a lot of caffeine. I will probably talk more bollocks than normal. <laughs> Our first feature is Lewis Teague's 1983 Stephen King adaptation, Cujo. Nothing that lives in the imagination is more frightening than the terror that lives in Castle Rock, Maine. Cujo. Can he get us in here? Can he eat his way in here? Can he? My God, I'm losing my baby. From the novel by Stephen King creator of Carrie and The Shining comes a startling vision of fear. Please God get me out of here. Now there's a new name for terror. Cujo. 
A small community is terrorised by St Bernard Dog with rabies. So the trailer says nothing can be more terrible. Lots of things can be more terrifying. Yeah. Mm. I don't mind this film. I think it's it's quite well made. There's some lovely cinematography. Though I do I do want to say justice for the bat at the beginning. It's not its yeah. fault it's got rabies. Um, <laughs> but generally speaking, you'd only find this terrifying if you were scared of really big dogs, and in particular, really big dogs with jam all over their face. Oh. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. It looks like someone's thrown a load of cum and jam over the dog to make it look scary. Cum and jam. Cum and jam. Got to use whatever materials you have to hand. I mean, the scarier film would be the film where they threw a load of cum over the dog. <laughs> 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 The behind the scenes. Oh, puppy going, no, why are you doing this to me? I'm only a little puppy. <laughs> yeah, maybe the bat spunked on his face. Uh, Spunky bat. That's how COVID got started, wasn't it? <laughs> Come by that. Bat. I can't speak today. Come by that. Yes. Come by right, bat. Bryony, you're about to say something. Uh, oh, maybe you were. I mean, maybe I was, but I don't know if it was insightful as come on a dog. <laughs> I enjoyed watching my kitten Cookie watching the first few minutes of the film. He was absolutely oh, enraptured by cute. the scene of uh, the dog chasing, chasing the rabbit. rabbit down the cave and the bat. Oh. Loved it. It was absolutely loved it. It was great. I wish I was as enthralled by Cujo as, as Cookie was. <laughs> yes. Well, so you said it's it's well made. It's just less horror. It's more relationship drama with rabid dog. Mm. Yeah. It's basically like a one-off neighbors episode where there's all this stuff going <laughs> yeah. on, and then there's like a rabid dog, and they're like, "Oh no, Cujo!" Rack um, <laughs> off, Cujo! Rack off, Cujo! I'm a flaming galah. And it turns out it was Cujo's dream the whole time in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The original book, which is not one of Stephen King's best, and as, as he quite often says, whenever he produces something bad, he was so off his face he don't remember writing it. But the book tries to be scary and does a kind of. It's a, it's an experiment, and I kind of see what he was trying to do. But there's a lot of chapters that are actually from the dog's point of view. So oh, really? it becomes it becomes more tragic and sad. At the end, you've got Cujo knew he was always a good boy because you've got him still left in there fighting against this illness that's eating his brain. Yeah, but obviously you can't really. I suppose you could do that in a movie, but you'd have to be very, very careful not to make it absolutely appalling. Yeah. I'm just looking up when um, James Herbert, because I never read Stephen King when I was a kid. I did read James Herbert, and I'm just, I was just looking up what came first, James Herbert's Fluke, which is entirely told from the point of view of a dog, mm. or Kujo. And um, yeah, yeah, Fluke was four years before. Mm. But to be fair, Fluke isn't a horror novel. It's just a sappy... Isn't it a man that turns into a dog? I think it might be, yeah. It's a vague memory, yeah. Yeah. Or maybe he died and got resurrected as a dog, I reincarnated mean, as a dog. No offence right. to James Herbert, rest in peace, but that sounds like a pile of shite. Uh, yeah, it's not his best. <laughs> it got made into a film too. What kind of dog is Fluke? Not not a lovely big St. Bernard covered in jam. Yeah, it was a sweet dog. It mainly was, it was. sad, I think. It was just like, oh, it's just not very pleasant. It's supposed to be scary. Mm. I think the problem with this film, as with a lot of these, is that you've trained dogs and they're in front of a camera, but their general look on their little face is confusion. Mm. Yeah. So even if the soundtrack, they've ADR'd in sort of snarls and growls, you've just got this good boy going, I don't know what's happening, but I'm glad to be part of this. Yeah. (laughs) And Cujo's doing that, obviously, with the jizz and the jam all over him. My favourite dog (laughs) acting story is like they used Malamutes for the direwolves in Game of Thrones. They used what? Malamutes, like Costis. Like yeah, husky, sort of like a husky. Like wolf-like dogs. But um, 
they had to put like green sleeves over their tails to green screen the tails out because they kept wagging because they were so happy <laughs> to be on film. Aww. And they're like, no, we need you to look like super serious. Apparently the dogs in Cujo, they had their tails strapped to their legs for that same reason. <laughs> uh, in, in some shots, isn't it um, a stuntman in a dog suit as well? Well, yeah. some shots it's a Rottweiler that they painted to look like a St. Bernard, <laughs> apparently. Oh, the 80s. <laughs> mm. What yeah. do you do if you need a cow? We just tape a bunch of cats together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> St. Bernard, don't look at St. Bernard on film, kids. <laughs> you gotta use horses. You gotta use horses. You gotta go paint horses if you need a cow. <laughs> so a lot of it is about the this ad campaign that the uh, bloke is... It's way too much of it. Mm. Could they have made the professor in the advert look more like a paedophile than they do? <laughs> he could have been fucking a child in the advert. Yeah, he could have been. Was that how just how adverts were? It was just old men going, oh, I like cereal. Yeah. Lovely. It felt more like an old sort of 50s or 60s advert. Mm, yeah. yeah. It was like well, Stephen King had this idea based around a serial advert, but it would have been one that he saw when he was a kid in like the late 50s. Yeah. Well, this is this is mm. the thing. That's true. That's where yeah. it gets most of his ideas Ooh. from. Right I don't know about you guys, but I watch any Stephen King film now and I just think of the old Piggly Wiggly and the Jizzery. That's yeah. literally all that comes to mind. The old jizzery. Well, the town that Cujo set in definitely has an old jizzery. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With a yeah. load of character actors sitting around going, I'll tell you what, and the, the dang old dog, and then um, they get killed. I think that's where the bat was, and I think that's why Cujo got covered in cum. Cujo's <laughs> <laughs> been to the old jizzery. Oh. He come back different after that. Well, someone mad off on that dog like he'd be in the old jizzery. <laughs> I do declare has more monster than Saint Bernard. What's the um? I'm trying to remember in a pet cemetery, the old man has got like sort of like, and sometimes jizz is better. Is that what? what? <laughs> he says jizz. He says sometimes dead is better. Okay, oh, right. I said jizz. He says sometimes jizz is better. Is that all these advertising campaigns they've done again? That's right. That would have been a better advertising <laughs> campaign than the well, one. Well, no, the, that was um... the advertising time. He took a little sip. He went. Mm. No jizz here. <laughs> well, what they should have done in that advertising campaign, given that the uh, the trouble it gets them into, they should come back with a new slogan. Sharp's Raspberry Zingers is so raspberry, it even turns my piss red. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have got away with it then. That was the whole thing, wasn't it? And then she had an affair. And then the child was annoying. She had an affair with the, um, the. Again, there's more of this in the book because the um, in the in the film it looks like the guy she's shagging turns up and trushes the house for no reason other than the fact that he's a bit cross. In the book, you've got him writing letters to the husband, sort of saying obscene stuff about her and just generally being a bit of a prick. All you get in the movie is that he's got a sex trombone. Yeah, because <laughs> they just had sex, and then he plays a trombone, and they're like. What what are we meant to infer from this, other than the fact that he just won't put the trombone down for five minutes? Or has he just given up smoking and taken up brass instead? <laughs> it's a triumphant mating a, call. Yeah, like a, like a sort of film noir where you've got a couple in bed where you can't show the actual sex scene, but you can mm. show them smoking afterwards, except the trombone. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think the character that would be into tromboning is the uh, the one with the rifle, who's called Gary Pervia. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> that would suggest there was a Gary Pervy. And, uh, <laughs> and a Gary Pervy S. Hold well. my Hold beard. Hold my trombone. <laughs> 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 yeah, the Pervia one's trombone's rusty. 
don't, don't touch it for too long. No, don't you put your lips on that. Oh, that's oh, gone. Gary. Gary. <laughs> oh, what do you like, Gary? Fuck's sake. There's a bit near the start where the uh, child's had a nightmare about a monster and his parents ask him to describe what sort of sound the monster makes. And uh, he goes like this, right? Any weird sounds? What kind of sound? What kind of sounds? Come on, try it. What kind of sounds? Like what? Ding, 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 I thought you were going to do uh, Suburban Sasquatch there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, 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 not again. We, have to, oh, we can't keep so going on about Suburban Sasquatch. <laughs> four episodes in a row. Uh, <laughs> it reminded me, actually, of uh, the first time... The first time I ever found a child kind of endearing. My wife had a friend, it was the first time of two, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> My wife had a friend who was like just constantly stoned the whole time, including throughout a pregnancy. And we went and visited her and her kid was two, I think. And he was the most subdued, sedate kid I've ever known, which is exactly how they should be. <laughs> Keep the kids stoned. Yeah. The most energy he mustered up was when she said, what noise does a monster make? And he just went, rah. <laughs> that was good. Uh, anything else on Cujo? Dee Wallace is quite good. Dee Wallace is, yeah. is good, yeah. She plays the broken heroine pretty well, but I think when it got to the bit with the car, it gets really good then. It takes a while yeah, to get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, but... yeah. When it kicks mm. off, it kicks off. Yeah. yeah. Sort of Jaws-esque tension. Not not quite at that level, but, you know, the sort of a sense of entrapment, it was good. It's a bit where it goes very Wizard of Ozzy with the camera spinning around. Oh, man, the surround sound on that was really good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they really mixed that well. The kids seemed to be genuinely distressed. Like, either mm, the kid's yeah. a really good actor or they mm. did something. They really put him through the bill. Yeah, no, that kid was in actual tears. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. well done, traumatised child. Yeah. And the other big difference between the book and the movie, the kid dies in the book. Much like that actor's career, looking at his IMDb credits. Not a lot going on there. Maybe he was so traumatised. Didn't he do some American sitcom-y type thing? Oh, no, yeah, no, you're right, you're right. 196 episodes of Who's the Boss? Definitely not that little crybaby. No way is he the boss. <laughs> <laughs> they could have resolved it a lot sooner if you'd been around to advise them there, Simon. Yeah, yeah. It's the boss, not him! Not him. <laughs> <laughs> could have taken 200 episodes. <laughs> That's too many episodes for a sitcom, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, just, mm. is the boss this person? Is the boss that person? Is the boss this person? <laughs> no, no, Simon, what are you the doing boss. there is you're confusing the long-running American sitcom Who's the Boss with the board game Guess Who. <laughs> Guess Who's the Boss. The thing is, I think the British sitcom The Upper Hand, which was pretty fucking awful, oh, but ran terrible. for like two seasons, I think that was meant to be a remake of Who's the Boss. And it if was. It, was, ah. it was, that means that they were only a choice of two, because it was Who's this kid's dad? It's like a dad and a stepdad. So that would suggest that they, they would have got it resolved in two episodes rather than yeah. 96. Yeah. 196. 196. 196. Yeah. Fucking hell. Even a low stopped after 88. Fucking hell. Wow. Where, where? It stopped after 88? Is that some sort of white supremacist signal or something? What? What? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that is a Nazi number, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. So, it is, yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, Heil Hitler. Yeah. I found this out because my Twitter handle is BrinyNo88. Oh, yeah. Because I was, oh. I was born in 1988. So, <laughs> and then afterwards, people were like, Are you a Nazi? I'm like, No, I'm a Jew. What, what's. what's I'm clearly a very sheltered Jew. What's happening? Oh, no. I can hell. 
That's why I don't go on Twitter. Right. There are surprisingly few killer dog horror movies in existence. I can only imagine that's because no one wants to spend a whole shoot scooping up Rottweiler turds when they could be scooping up, I don't know, Margot Robbie's turds instead. What films have you been watching? (laughs) Are these the special films you watch when your wife is out? I'm not saying Margot Robbie shits everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Robbie's jobbies. But you're not not saying that. Robbie's jobbies, that's it. Yeah, those, those rumours have neither been confirmed nor denied. No, I'm just saying nobody would be likely to fire her from a movie set if she did. <laughs> anyway. That's why she produced Barbie. She was a producer, so she could shit. She could do whatever she wanted. Whatever she wanted, yeah. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Look what I just produced. Yeah, <laughs> That's why they ran out of pink paint. They're always covering up her shit, wasn't it? Oh. <laughs> Rack off, I'm fucking Barbie. I'm fucking Barbie, I'll shit wherever I fucking like. <laughs> anyway. Dogs. 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 We watched the 1977 Jaws, but if it was dogs instead of a shark film, The Pack, starring Joe Don Baker. Who uh, I thought Joe Don Baker pretty much plays everyone in this. Everyone looks like Joe Don Baker in this film. Yeah, it's like everyone looks like the Wish version of John Voight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except the dogs. <laughs> yes. So this is about some dogs that have been used as pets by summer vacationers. And then when they go home back to the mainland, all the dogs get angry and go, rah, 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 and then go kill everyone on the island. The dogs have been abandoned. They've gone a bit feral. They formed a pack and they are seeking food by fucking people up mm-hmm. a lot of character actors wander around and make faces and yeah. dog breaks a window at one point it's just occurred to me that a lot of these films could do a lot better if there was a if there was a talking dog <laughs> 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 oh, i'm gonna fuck you up but, but in that voice oh, i'm gonna fuck you up <laughs> i'm gonna break a window well dogs are cockneys <laughs> drunken cockney dogs <laughs> yeah <laughs> what was that threatening dog from sooty not sweet the other one there was some other oh yeah really? Yeah. Wasn't he called Butch? Yeah, Butch. Butch <laughs> oh, the dog. Yeah. yeah. He was he was quite scary. Yeah, he was like a sort of evil universe version of Sweep. He was a Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. This is after my time. Yeah. Things I missed out by uh being born in nineteen seventy five, eh? <laughs> 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 I missed Sweep's evil twin. <laughs> I don't recall this at all, so maybe there was a like it's a sweet spot. Like a sweep spot. Sweep spot. A sweep yeah. spot. Oh wow, I've just seen a picture of Birch. Oh, it looks awesome. Yeah, he was a tough fuck. He was a real Yeah, real... he was a yeah, he was. hard bastard. Yeah, when he showed up, you shit was going down. Matthew was not getting out of that one. No. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> So that's the pack. (laughs) (laughs) I like the end of the pack. It's quite a sweet ending. One dog survives from the pack and then makes friends with the guy at the end. It's the only film where that happens, where they actually connect with a dog. And that's the dog that you see being abandoned at the beginning as well. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, he's got redemption. But then, to be fair, all the other dogs that were in the pack and have gone feral will have all burned to death in that scene. Yeah, that is is true. That's just happened. There's also a bit where he's driving at the dogs down the pier and they all survive. He drives right over all of them and they all survive, apart from one. That's a good scene, yeah. Um, Mm. I think they all go off to the side of the van, don't they? They didn't actually drive over them. Uh, But that's quite well done. There's not much good direction in this film or good editing. (laughs) That's the, all good acting. No, no, that's not. That's not fair. 
That's not there. The actors are fine. There's some very weird character stuff going on with yeah. the um, yeah. the people from out of town. The blonde bombshell is forced to go out on a date or take her on a walk with a useless fat virgin man. I wondered if it wasn't so much that he was useless fat virgin man as he was kind of gay and kind of like, oh no, I, I don't want to read about girls. I want to sit here and read my magazines, if you don't mind. And the dad was like, you get out there. And she's like, he didn't even try to grab my tits or anything. <laughs> yeah. I like the way that when he gets chased off the cliff, he suddenly turns into a normal height thin man with a pregnant belly. That's the stuntman's costume for him. No <laughs> <laughs> sort of attempt at satire, but it's very much the kind of you see this a lot in like um, Shirley Jackson, Shirley Jackson's short oh, story. Shirley Jackson, sorry, momentarily turned into a dog. <laughs> Shirley Jackson. No, no, you're supposed to say sausages. It's a yeah, that was the dog on Dad's life, wasn't it? <laughs> so Shirley Jackson. <laughs> That's all that dog would say at the end of the um, <laughs> The whole idea of the small town that the people from out of town, te- the, the, the city dwellers come to, mess it up a bit, don't really care about it, and then fuck off. That's very much a trope in kind of like American horror fiction. One thing I will say about this one, at least this is a film that's got more than one dog in it, where they actually bothered to hire like more than two. Because some of the other films we're going to cover are very much like, there were 12 dogs and there's clearly two. (laughs) There's certainly more dogs than women in it. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. They managed, I think, two women. Do two named dogs talk to each other about something other than a cat? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It did pass the dog Bechdel test, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone's trying to think of you know, a pun. Trying to think of a pun. What rhymes with Beck? The Barkdale test is probably the best. We got there. We got there. Well done, everyone. Edit that so we look really quick. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Def- yeah. I definitely will. Hey guys, that's the Barkdale <laughs> test. <laughs> oh, that's so clever and witty and quick, Simon. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. I think what sums the pack up for me is that the MPAA gave it a PG certificate, and then the studio or the distributors or whatever said uh, actually can we have an r please <laughs> the mpaa should have just said we well, should have made a fucking more exciting film then yeah really, put some tits in it for fuck's sake yeah did they get an r rating in the end yeah they gave it an r what just because they asked just because they asked Weird. And they said we've set our fucking dogs on you they got the terrifying cockney dog to ring up and go listen mate your fucking nads are mine you fucking sort this out i've got friends yeah yeah i'm like well i'm producing this new show in the uk the city show yeah so far we've had dogs going mad due to a communicable disease and from annoyance at humans. But there are a couple of films where sinister people have cast spells on dogs to make them attack their enemies. First of those is Devil Dog, the Hound from Hell. <laughs> Which I enjoyed, and not just because Ken Kirchival, who played Cliff Barnes in Dallas, <laughs> is in it. Uh, although I don't like the way he's dressed. Brown trousers, tan coat, beige shirt, olive woolen tie. Absolutely yeah, It hideous. was the style at the time. He's an all-American dad. He's got to... You know, oh no, he wasn't the dad. He was he? the uh, bloke that the dad accuses his wife of having a family. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. what is he? Guidance counselor or something? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really, really, really enjoyed this. Yes, yeah, so did I. It was good. Everything Americans are scared of. This satanic dog will cause for your family. Like, ah, oh, your kids will talk back and use sinister means to win elections. Your wife will go out at all hours. It must be the dog of Satan. Your wife will go out all the time and then start getting really horny. And Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I must stop it. It must. And then he talked to like a Native American shaman. 
What? Mm. Yeah, oh, yeah. Loved it. I did laugh quite a lot at the final reveal of the devil dog. Yes, it's amazing. It's like wearing a feather boa and devil horns. It's yeah. incredible. Can you imagine that that scene when they filmed that and how fun it would have been for the dog? They were like, "That's it, lift him up." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, feather boa, devil horns, and then they painted him some laser eyes and made him like explode. If Spielberg had tried to make Jurassic Park in 1982, <laughs> <laughs> on a budget spitting... of about four p. Yeah, yeah, that's what a spitting one would have been. The only other time I've seen anything devilish look like that is in the very camp Mexican film, The Infernal Rapist. <laughs> See, when it, you said camp Mexican film and my brain and went, should... oh, this sounds fun. And then it had the word rapist <laughs> in it. And I was like, oh, oh dear. Okay. It was directed by someone who was in Emmerdale as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were in um, the Mexican version of Emmerdale. Oh, yeah. Emmerdale. <laughs> no, Satan in the Infernal Rapist is this really glamorous cabaret looking woman with massive hair, big feather boa, glittery dress. Uh, I think devil horns fires lasers out her eyes and that is the closest thing I've seen before to the devil dog the hound from hell oh they should have done a double act that would have been amazing oh yeah they could have been on Britain's Got Talent couldn't they yeah the dog levitates at the end (laughs) just looking really happy just yeah (laughs) and and, and Simon Cowell goes so remind me what your name is again (laughs) the infernal rapist the infernal (laughs) rapist (laughs) anyway I like the would you like to see some puppies man who uses the advanced would you like to see some puppies technique of would you like to see some apples? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then reveal and then when he shows them the apples, there's shows the kids the apples. There's puppies in there goes, and all. Oh, there's some puppies. Oh, would you like to some puppies? Classic <laughs> sales technique. Yeah. Yeah, Under promise, over deliver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the family have got an inevitable foreign housekeeper who can sense that the puppy is evil. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's Mexican or something. It comes in her day off, bless her soul. She's got really brilliant English, yet calls all the people senor and senora. Yeah. A certain level of expectation because they're like, can you just call us senor and senora? Because otherwise we're going to forget you're Mexican and treat yeah. you like a person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think the um, writer didn't really know how to write for adult couples because all that that couple say to each other the whole time is, what are we having for dinner? Shall we go out for dinner? That is all I talk about with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Each to their own. I also wasn't sure how he uh, writes for doctors. The bit where the, the dad bloke, before he goes to Ecuador, he goes to see his doctor to see if anything's wrong with him. <laughs> and, well, the doctor says this. EKG, great. Blood, normal. Glucose is normal. Urine, chest. All the rest checks out just fine. <laughs> Only wish I could give you the same report on your backhand. What was that? I only wish I could give you the same report on your back end. <laughs> yeah. I think it's backhand. Backhand tennis. Because doctors play tennis. Oh, they're, yeah, tennis. They're, like, they're like buddies. They're all American buddies. Yeah, like they? rich Americans, they play tennis. With their doctors. And they go, hey, your backhand's terrible, buddy. How's your hand? Yeah, they, 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 they play tennis. So they sit in the country club and go, my wife doesn't understand me. My dog's mm. evil. And also our dog's possessed. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I mean, that clears that up. But I did check the subtitles. And the subtitles thought, he said, I, I wish I could only give you the same report when you're back here, which doesn't make any sense. But then those subtitles also translate veterinary hospital as mental's hospital every time. <laughs> I love a bad subtitle. Where's your mom? She's gone to the mental's hospital again. <laughs> Please, the correct term is nut house. Come on. 
This was a TV movie, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. It's obvious that it is because there's bits where you think, well, this would have been more explicit if it wasn't a TV movie. 1983's Play Dead isn't a TV movie, but fuck me, does it feel like one. <laughs> oh, God, yes. What a weird film. Nothing happens. This one, <laughs> when it started, I was like, yeah, there's an obnoxious older woman with a grudge. This is going to be going to exploitation territory. Absolutely strap in for this. And yeah, it was tedious. Mm. So you've got Rottweiler, right? Yeah. And it can pick stuff up. Yes. So if you do that in slow-mo, it looks like the dog's murdering people. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So with all of that in mind, why is it a Rottweiler? She could have used any dog at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no need for it to be a Rottweiler. Although yeah, I, did, it... I did like it when the dog drove off. Throws <laughs> 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 the guy over the car, gets in, takes the handbrake off. <laughs> See, that amused me because it reminded me of a video clip I saw of an actual thing that happened in America where someone's Labrador got into a car, managed to get the handbrake off, and then was just driving around the driveway for hours. And they had footage of it, just its dumb little face going, best day ever. I mean, yeah, the dog on this one had a great time because it was just like, oh, I get to just pick things up. Ah, bah, 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 bah. And then it has flashes to killing people, but it's like, it's in the park. Lovely time. Mm. Um, the dog was adorable in this film. I yeah. really enjoyed the dog. Yeah, there is some weird editing in this that doesn't make sense. Well, the dog has like flash forwards. Yeah. 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 Why? Why? Because Satan. There's a bit where yeah. the witchy aunt puts a pentangle necklace on her dead sister's pillow, and then there's a sort of dissolve into a shot of the dog going. <laughs> <laughs> so it was writ- apparently written by someone called Lothrop W. Jordan. No, <laughs> I've no. never heard of anyone called Lothrop before. <laughs> My favourite bit in the film was the extremely long sequence of her going on the date with the man. Yeah. And- the undressing each other scene. Oh, no, no, it's just before that when they just go on a date and he buys her a balloon like she's a child and they're just walking <laughs> around for five minutes while some airy-fairy music starts. And it's like, where's the dog? I don't want to see this <laughs> this woman child. That music is incredible because then they go back to, well, actually, the thing is a bit later, but then they start undressing each other mm. and the music is all romantic and that. And then this, this fucking undressing each other scene and oh, and out pops a tit. Um, <laughs> it's three and a half minutes long, mm. which just feels like such a long time and the music gets progressively more porny as it goes on it's great <laughs> yeah. it moves through different like movements so it's like romantic and then by the end it's like they've clearly got body doubles for this scene so they're just yeah. like the, the body doubles probably turned up and went alright we'll do it but we're bringing our own music <laughs> <laughs> so weird <laughs> The dog has to watch. Yeah, the dog watches them twice because he watches watches them in the shower as well. (laughs) She's a good girl, Gertrude. Although I swear I saw some dog balls, so I don't think Gertrude was a girl. I thought she was Greta. Oh, Greta, sorry. Greta, Gertrude. I don't know, they're all dogs. (gasps) Am I a dog racist? (laughs) Well, I think getting getting a dog's name wrong doesn't make her racist. Well, I mean, here's me with my Twitter handle of 88 at the end of it. Maybe I'm still racist. (laughs) And for that, you are not coming back on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you are cancelled, Bryony. <laughs> That's the reason I'm leaving. I'm not going to uni. I'm getting cancelled. <laughs> All right, time for the obligatory Euro horror entry now with Claudio Fragasso's Monster Dog, starring none other than Alice Cooper as rock or pop star Vincent Raven, depending <laughs> on what the dialogue wants to say at the time. Admittedly, this is more of a werewolf film than a killer dog film, but it's kept fairly ambiguous or it's a bit of both so it doesn't really belong here but we've watched it now so fuck it 
I like this a fair bit more than the first time I watched it. I really enjoy watching Alice Cooper being dubbed by Ted Reesoff. Yeah. <laughs> Hi there. I'm Alice Cooper. <laughs> yeah, I'm the greatest rock star in the world. Huh. I'm definitely 75 years old. <laughs> this was fun, though. It's a shortish movie, and by the end you're like, yeah, just get on with it. Get to the rubber werewolf bit. But one thing I would say is the song that he does at the beginning absolutely fucking slaps. That's yeah. Yeah, it's so good. And it's back at the end. I love it. To explain the whole film. Yeah. The, the reprise illustrates the song with bits from the film that like really closely mirror lyrics. I'm like, fuck it hell. That weird guy from the town has a hat like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, whoa, this is some Kaiser Soze stuff here. This is yeah. incredible. That, that, that song is so good. He does uh, another song as well in the, the scene where he's got really, really bad eye makeup in which is pretty good as well. But that song at the beginning is brilliant. I particularly enjoy any song that contains the line, sometimes I'm shooting bad dudes. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't do a great job of rhyming, does it? Sometimes I'm James Bond. Sometimes I'm Billy the Kid. Sometimes I feel like Sherlock Holmes. Sometimes I feel like Jack the Ripper. It doesn't rhyme. It doesn't stand. No, 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 Cliff, come on. Billy the Kid. Sometimes I'm Jack the Ripper. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he does something weird to that word to kind of try and make it sound like yeah. it fits. Feel like Jack the Ripper. <laughs> identity <laughs> crises. Yeah, identity crises. It's not a word, is it? <laughs> I like the woman who's going to direct the video. She says, I'm a recognised expert in electronic videos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the sort of thing they say, isn't it? For music yeah. video directors. Who's recognised her in the International Society for the Recognising of Video Directors? <laughs> electronic videos, indeed. <laughs> I didn't quite understand the plot of this. Was he only the monster dog at the end because he was bitten by the old man who was the, mm. the monster dog, but the old man was warning them that he was going to be the monster dog but he was the monster dog. It's the yeah. old man Alice Cooper. I didn't watch this film. Alice Cooper was the monster dog in the end, but they kept saying he's the monster dog. But he was only a monster dog after he was bitten by a monster dog. So how many old men were in this film? They were wrongly accusing him of being the monster dog all the way through. And yeah, he only became it at the end because he was realising whatever his destiny was that the old man told him about or something. I mean, how old is this old man? Was he older than Alice Cooper? Like Alice Cooper wasn't that old when he made this. He's not yeah. been 75 forever. I know it feels like he has. <laughs> no. He was 18, wasn't he? <laughs> but all this, who is the monster dog? It could just be settled by a nice, easy 196 episode <laughs> sitcom. <laughs> who's the monster dog? <laughs> who's the monster dog? <laughs> and then six episodes of the British remake. Thanks yeah, but, yeah, we wrap it up nice and quick. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's got a bit of a carry on screaming vibe to it at times. Yeah. And. Um, and and I also thought it was quite mighty bushy. I don't know if that's because the main character is just called Vince, but there were bits yeah. of it where I thought this is very bushy. Mm. <laughs> well, Alice yeah. Cooper's real name is Vince, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Vincent yeah. Fernier. Or was it the fact that he wears a blue gilet that reminded you of Vince? From <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is really weird seeing Alice Cooper wearing just regular clothes. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Very it, odd. It, it took me a minute actually, well, because I didn't know he was in it until I started watching. It. I thought, and then and then I had to Google him without makeup. Um, there's a brilliant line where. Why did you uh, have to take your makeup off before you <laughs> Google? I was fucking waiting for that. I'm glad you did it. <laughs> I will not watch it any other way. Um, <laughs> uh, there's the one guy comes. And he goes, oh, "Where's the sheriff?" And he goes, "The sheriff's dead, and so's the deputy." And I, <laughs> I was just. <laughs> I don't know if that was. It must have been intentional. But it must have been. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine so. What's interesting about this? I mean, it's not interesting, but half of it is directed like a. 
like an 80s music video, not just the music video bits. Then the other half is like a 70s, it's like Straw Dogs, like the bit yeah. below being shot. It's really mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah. gritty and bloody and like quite like full on. I think um, they just ran out of dry ice after a while and they were like, yeah. fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fill the machine with blood. Yeah. The electronic video director went home, had to go home. Yeah, yeah they had to get another yeah. electronic video director and they wanted to go for a different direction. One not quite so recognised. Barely recognised. Yeah video director. <laughs> Another thing that can make dogs go bad is if the army makes them go that way in an attempt to turn them into hairy little soldiers as in 1983's Dogs of Hell, directed by Worth Keeter. Another bizarre name. Worth Keeter? Worth Keeter. <laughs> Did they invent the Keeter? <laughs> <laughs> it was originally released as Rottweiler 3D and I tried my best to watch it in 3D but my TV just wasn't playing ball with the file for annoying reasons which means i missed out on the scene of the guy with the pointer pointing his pointer in my face which <laughs> i really want <laughs> all the bit the weird darts on wires that go as he throws them at the dartboard I, I watched the first 10 minutes and it was very quiet so i had to turn it up really loud and it was just some man mumbling going i'm really angry that you made my dogs go bad and they're like we're in the army we can do that and he's like no they're good boys and they're like no they're war boys and then I was like, no, I'm out. I'm out. I can't take this. Did anyone like this? Would anyone like this? Can anyone like this? <laughs> I thought you were going to say that you'd watched the 3D version and the 3D was amazing and that made it all worthwhile. But I don't um, think, apart from the pointer and the darts at the start, I don't think there is really any particularly interesting 3D. I found it very tedious. This is quite a boring film. And this is another one. Mm. Like We have got a whole pack of scary warboy dogs. And there's like two. These two confused Rottweilers wandering around. <laughs> the soundtrack's like, ar, 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 and the dogs are just like. The plot, the idea where they say that um, these specially trained killer dogs, they don't have to be used as soldiers. They can replace Border Patrol officers. I mean, it just made me laugh. Like, can I see your passport, please? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you care. <laughs> where have you come from? Business or pleasure? <laughs> I'd love that. That would be kind of adorable, actually. Uh, I have a note here. I'm only halfway through this film and there's only been one dog attack so far. It's very boring. It's it's really weirdly edited, another one. Mm. Um, A really strange scene where the mum goes into her grown-up son's bedroom. Uh, He has a go at her for not knocking. Then his dad says, it's our house, not yours. And then the scene ends and that's it. It's never referred to again. I don't know. I don't know. It's rubbish. Dogs of Hell is rubbish. (laughs) (laughs) The acting is terrible, but there's a lot of banter in this town. Like the first sort of half an hour is just like jabs at each other. They just keep going into bars going, hey, how's your wife? Oh, she's still the old ball. It's just... just... Mm. It's like the dialogue just from like Route 1, things American dads say. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There is a scene actually where someone flicks their cigarette towards the camera and then they like look at the camera as if to say... This is what you came for, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) You like that, don't you? Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm sure it's a bit better in 3D, but... The mud wrestling scene might be quite good in 3D. Oh, yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? That was very weird. When was this film made? It was early 80s, wasn't it? 83. Because there's the old Bill Murray comedy, Stripes has got a random mud wrestling scene in it just out of nowhere i wonder if that was just a thing in certain parts of america goes on for ages as well yeah and then they get annoyed because the man gets involved they're like no we don't want any homoerotic mud this is just (laughs) just look at boobies with mud on yeah what weird phenomenon mud wrestling was was it ever really a thing or did it just happen in films Uh, this is what i was wondering but i think and, and if it is a thing who invented it and what were they doing yeah i really like it when it looks like women are covered in shit 
in a more hygienic, but not entirely hygienic fashion. I mean, it would still be an absolute UTI nightmare, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, it would, yeah. It yeah, would. yeah, really, yeah. They must have had to wear kind of like inverse cricketers boxes. <laughs> that's how UTIs start and that's how people think you've got dementia. So that's how people get dementia from mud wrestling. <laughs> no, do you remember ages ago we were talking about dementia symptoms? No. And UTIs are similar to... So if someone displays dementia symptoms, the first assumption should be a UTI, especially if they're uh... older. Those are the tropes of this podcast this year. UTIs, the cheeky girls, and insidious. Oh, what a year it's been. You can't say that about the evolution of horror, can you? (laughs) (laughs) I haven't mentioned any of those things once. (laughs) It's an educational podcast. And I've got no acting facts this month, by the way. Well, you haven't seen the dogs and other things. None of the dogs appeared in Star Trek. Are you kidding? I mean, there's a really good episode of the original series Star Trek where it's just Pomeranian and they've put a little woolen horn on him and he's an alien dog. And it's like, oh, no, he's not. He's a good boy. Oh. But the thing is, dogs only last for about several years. So, well, they're not like Gary Oldman. They can't, like, keep going and, and you know, learning their craft and stuff because they're like <laughs> dogs. Do you know what I mean? Well, how good would it have been if it was a Rottweiler playing Churchill, though, in that film? Where yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, we know it could have been. It could have been. <laughs> All right. If it's not the army turning Rottweilers into monsters, then it's bloody genetic scientists, isn't it? <laughs> 1993's Man's Best Friend. I love this. <laughs> yeah. Now, this yeah. is a dog film. <laughs> it was yeah. shot. Exactly like Beethoven. <laughs> it's so yeah. weird. For all of what we said, oh, like the, the 70s, what were they like, the 80s, what were they like? You watch this and you're like, God, the 90s were fucked. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't realise yeah. it at the time. It is shot like Beethoven. Yeah. The music is very much like, oh, this is a jaunty, fun family yeah. film. Oh, the dog just swallowed a cat hole. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was great. That was um, so great. Great, great that puppet. Was amazing, that scene. The puppet dog, when the, he was like looking through the keyhole at them shagging, and he was like, oh, hello. I'm a perfect little bad boy. Um, what we're like, learning is that dogs really like watching people fuck. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they do. Yeah. What do you think dogging was originally? What a bizarre film. It was just like, I, I didn't understand what it was meant to be, if it was a fun family film. I love the opening credits. Mm. All the art of dogs. Good dog, bad dog. <laughs> I worked in a museum that had all of those paintings in. And people would come in and go, hello, we're here for the dog paintings. And dog people, <laughs> dog people are very specific breeds. Like, hello, we're here for the dog Actually, yeah, though, that old woman was just three dogs in a trench coat. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were, she referred to herself as we. We want to see the dog paintings. We want to see the dog paintings. We want to see the dog paintings. So it was nice to see some of the, the paintings that I used to look after. What was weird about those opening credits is you've got all the dog pictures and then randomly made a picture of some kittens. <laughs> sort of medieval scary kittens yeah. in a bag like, well what? that was the thing because like every every different animal had been bred and put into Max the dog so actually dogs wasn't evil it was just all the other animals it's just all the other evil. animals yeah. Yeah. he was a sweet dog that he was, was the sweetest sweet of all the dogs boy, he was. wasn't he when he was not swallowing cats whole I mean yeah. even that look I love cats I've got cats I was laughing my head off when he hit that fucking cat <laughs> I love cats as well but that cat was a dick so yeah. you know oh no I'm going to get accused of victim blaming now so mm. the cat wasn't that much of a dick he was just like going Ray get out of my garden that's what cats do get out of my garden <laughs> oh a little hole oh Cliff have you seen the video of the cat that um, meows of a scouse accent <laughs> 
Fuck, I need to no. see this video. History is me. He goes, meow, meow, <laughs> meow, meow. I'll send it to you later. It's all good. Oh, great, great. Bearing in mind how much I love the video of the cat that sounds like a southern bell. Oh, we're ha. We're ha. And it goes, we're ha. This is the big news at the end of the episode. We're not doing horror anymore. It's just cat videos. Just cat videos. Yeah, great. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, um, I can't believe when um, Lance Henriksen says to the detectives, what about my dog? Any leads? The detectives take out <laughs> yeah, yeah. leads. <laughs> if you put the dog in a lead, it would never have gone missing in the first place. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, what a strange setup. Like, you'd think there'd be more military presence or like mm. private military presence and not just him having to dally with the local PD who don't give a shit. He's kind of gone rogue, hasn't he? Isn't that yeah. what's meant to have happened? <laughs> it's just all of it's falling to shit around him. He's just yeah. like, oh, fuck, it's like coffee fag pills where's my fucking dog but because it's Lance Hendrickson he sells it you're like I believe mm. in this yeah. I believe mm-hmm. in this character this weird scientist dog maniac my monkeys with their brains out little yeah. bitches again yeah it's filmed like Beethoven but then it is grim in other yeah you've places. got like proper grim vivisection stuff at the start yeah. it's like it's not just yeah. oh these animals are in cages they've got like one's got his brain exposed and they've got like cuts and everything and it's just like this is what's surprising about this film is how well done the effects were generally mm. like they were really really believable well it was Kevin Yeager who did the effects. He was one of the main guys at the time, Kevin yeah. Yeager. The dog invisibility bit is... Uh... Apart from the dog invisibility bit. Someone got a separate credit for that, so that must have been like their big moment. Mm. And wait, sorry, why is the child coming to a random woman's house, uninvited, making milkshakes? Family friend, I assumed, I don't know. But why is he friends with an adult woman? And why is he comfortable enough to just fucking make a big old messy milkshake? Some little kid came into my house just making the milkshake. And then Max rapes his dog. Yeah, there is a dog rape scene, isn't there? There's yeah. a dog rape scene. There is yes, a dog rape scene. Yeah. And they, they play puppy love over it yeah. just because yeah. that's adorable, apparently. <laughs> Take the edge off. Yeah. They make dog orgasm noises. Yeah. <laughs> what is this film? Well, it might help, Bradley, if you know that the writer director is one of the creators of Child's Play. Oh. He came up with the whole Chucky thing in the first place. Huh. Oh. And I was watching this thinking, this is basically all the same plot points as Child's Play. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Also, Ali Sheedy, because Ali Sheedy's the main character, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Uh, she can't whistle. Like, there's a bit where she tries to whistle and she can't whistle. And they dub in a whistle. I'm like, it's a dog film. Get a lead actor who can whistle, or at least dub in a whistle. I thought you were going to say dub in a dog. Dub in a dog. I'm Ali Sheedy. She can't smoke either. Neither can um, Bishop from Alien. They keep kind of light up a fag, and then they've clearly never had a cigarette in their entire life. <laughs> oh, have you seen Lance Henriksen's face? I think he's had a fag in yeah. his life. <laughs> he actually smoked so many cigarettes in this film. After this, I immediately Googled to check he was still alive. <laughs> <laughs> This film contains a brilliant credit in the opening title. Introducing Max. And it also said Max's behaviour by... They had one job. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that up. yeah. yeah originally oh. it was just like a Beethoven remake. They realised a dog could <laughs> yeah. fucking climb up walls and kill motherfuckers. They're like, right, <laughs> They're like, Oh, the problem is, mate, you've hired an evil dog trainer. So yeah. You have to change the whole fucking movie now. <laughs> I mean, all Max needed was maybe a shot or something to, to tame the panther genes and stuff. Because, like... The boyfriend was a bit of a flannel. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah he was. So, but he wasn't. He wasn't hateful. He was just a bit of a twat. Yeah, but I would cut his brakes because he had stupid hair. Nazi kind of attitude, Brian. Yeah, Brian. <laughs> I would kill someone because they had stupid hair. Well, <laughs> I would. I'm not going to back down. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, I cancelled after this. When I when I end up registering on social work in WLS and here any things in your past, I'm like, well, I did call for the genocide of men with stupid hair. Yeah. <laughs> and you're looking for a job in Brighton, are you? No, I think all people should have the opportunity to wear their hair how they like, but I am allowed to judge them severely for it. Our second feature is also about a cybernetically enhanced dog from 2004. It's Brian Usner's Rottweiler. And this trailer does not have a voiceover, but it does have futuristic green digital text being typed out on the screen. So I thought <laughs> it would only be appropriate to get a robot voice to read those bits out for you. From the producer of the reanimator film. I'm scared. Of what? The monster. The game's just beginning. An innocent man. Wrongly imprisoned. I guess the day just wasn't your lucky day. Has escaped. Now he is the prey. You want me? Come get me! Of a hunter. Born of nature. Altered by science. Programmed to kill. What is it? It's a Rottweiler. Man. Mercy. Beast. Who will survive? It's better! You can't keep up! Look for it on DVD and video. Because <laughs> it's not showing in any cinema. Yes, that <laughs> voice is the best actor in the film. <laughs> this film is appalling. <laughs> in Futuristic 2018, illegal immigrant Dante escapes from one of Brian's concentration camps. <laughs> <laughs> he does have... He's got quite nice hair. <laughs> he has bad hair. He has terrible hair. First against the wall. Only to be pursued by the prison warden cyborg Rottweiler. <laughs> can we talk about Max more? This is yeah, a terrible film. We? I don't want to talk about it. The thing about Max is he's such a lovely looking boy. Yeah. Um, he was a is... better Mastiff. He's a big floofy boy. Whereas this is a Rottweiler we're now talking about. This is definitely a film. It's a massive misstep. But I thought it'd be a good because of Usner. Yeah, um, I know. Yeah. I was just like, no, what have you done? <laughs> he didn't write it. Did he not, um, I, I, I um, hope he got decent money or at least a nice holiday in Spain. Spain, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he made yeah. loads of films in Spain. Uh, I mean, Faust, that we love, was made in Spain. Beyond Reanimator was made in Spain, which we haven't covered. We haven't, no. But it's quite good. He just basically fucked Hollywood off and <laughs> went to Spain. Spain and set up Fantastic Factory there and made all these films over there. Mm. This is one of them. Well, this, this is a... What if it's just a fucking mess on mess on mess on mess on misogynistic mess? The robot dog effects look worse than the effects in The Terminator two decades (laughs) before, you know? Mm. They've gone for the sort of dystopian setting, but it's like they've adapted a graphic novel, but they didn't actually bother to read it. They just kind of skim read the description on the back. They've not given any background to anything, so they could have built this up quite interestingly. Mm. So Dante and Lua, they're not illegal aliens. Like, they're sneaking in, they're rich and they're doing a game, but they... Mm. You have to really like dig to get that context and make up your own things. Yeah, it's really weirdly structured, isn't it? There's mm. so many flashbacks. And I don't know why it's so flashback heavy. It's not the best way of telling the story. Maybe that's no. what yeah. the original novel, you say graphic novel. I know it is based on a novel. I was just saying it was like a graphic novel in that, right. you know, it kind of had that vibe and the, like, the opening credits are 
sort of, you know, oh, this is futuristic and dystopian. But um... one of the first things is where um, Dante's being taunted by the prison warden and he says of his girlfriend, Lua, who's gone missing and who he has to find. He says, how she like it in the ass? Or don't you remember? And then there's this cut. It cuts to Dante's face. Like he's looking all whimsical. <laughs> as, if, as if we're going to dissolve into a sort of flashback of like how she like it in the ass. How oh, I like it in the ass. Yeah, she does like it in the ass. Now I remember she does. Tick. See, I was expecting from the other things that Brian Newsen has been involved in before that there would at least be some kind of disgusting sight gag there. But no. There's nothing that disgusting, you know. No. Even the more visceral dog attacks are quite boring. Yeah. And it's a long film for not a lot of disgusting payoff. It felt like an asylum film. Mm. You know, that, that yeah. really low-budget rip-off company. So what's happened to the world that Spain is, is a dystopian concentration camp now? Well, this is where Brian Usner was making his films. <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> enough. That's basically what it was. <laughs> I just, I just um, really like the food. I like that yes, yes, stuff. <laughs> Have you heard of tapas? It's like food, but little. <laughs> Small food and there's loads of it. Give me loads of that and I'll make another rubbish movie for you. Yeah, and you could have egg and chips in the morning as well. Egg and chips in the morning, then tapas. It's just like being in the UK, but it's sunnier. Did you know, in Spain, they don't call it society. They call it society. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I didn't mind it. Yeah, it's messy. It's... Why didn't you mind it? Well, because I... Just because it's a film. I don't mind any film, that's right. No, um, <laughs> it was nice to see Paul Nashie, actually. I've got mixed feelings about Paul Nashie's films back from the 70s and 80s, but it was good to see him as a uh, the Michael Ironside you can afford. <laughs> <laughs> Which is such a shame, because Michael Ironside used to be proper rent a Oh, absolutely, um... yeah. I mean, that's how low budget this must be, <laughs> yeah. if they couldn't even afford my clients. <laughs> Dante spends a lot of time running around in the buff. Yeah. Mm, yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's that whole knob out scene, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, he, there's a whole bit where he gets his kiss off, then he's taunting the dog to come chase me. Then the dog does chase him. <laughs> then he goes, I oh, actually don't chase me. It's so weird. Don't chase me. I've got my knob out. It goes on for ages. Yeah. <laughs> I have my hytho out. <laughs> me and my partner just looked at each other and were like, I really wish you put some some kecks on at some point yeah. because this is... And then I had to pause it when he's in the house of the girl and his mum and I just paused it on his ass and with a small <laughs> child in shot. And it's like, why? Oh, no. This, this is, is not terrible. Okay. This That's is not another okay. reason I like the film. I thought that whole sequence where he gets raped by the yeah. horny lonely woman was brilliant i thought that was really good no it wasn't i just thought it was really well done i thought oh this is the brian usner i like this is it just felt like good old usner was no he would have done something more interesting it would still would have been it would have been as fucked up if not more so but he would have done something more interesting like i don't know her boobs would have had a face or something yeah yeah the dog would have came through her teeth yeah the dog would have had like an ass for a face yeah Yeah. At least have a dog with an ass for a face, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think you've mellowed out with your, your, your Rioja and your fucking... What does he have for an ass? Another um, ass. Another ass. Yeah, with a little face in it. Seven asses. <laughs> How does he smell? <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Ironically, really nice. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> lovely. It's because they've all got B-days there. It's actually yeah. A few guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Really, you yeah. really get to really sort out that arse face. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> the only question is which arse first. Yeah. <laughs> you have two B-days. Yeah, two B-days. One of them is suspended from the ceiling. I've seen that film. Sounds expensive. You have to get twice as many B-days. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to buy twice as many poop bags. That's the arse face life. Yeah. For me, yeah. that's the arse face life. <laughs> For us, instead of toilets, B-E-days. <laughs> <laughs> Are you suggesting the arse face orphans shit in the B-day? Yeah. Because <laughs> they kill the... It's like they have to choose between B-days and toilets. They choose B-days. Uh, very... Every time. Unfortunately, they've got good water pressure, so it's not as tragic as you think. Yeah. Because mm. one B-day washes the other one afterwards. <laughs> one B-day washes the other one. Yeah. <laughs> That's Margot Robbie's next film, anyway. <laughs> B-Day. All in pink writing. Yeah, the trailer starts with her looking incredibly glam, looking at the camera and going, I'd leave it a bit if I were you. <laughs> this podcast is so stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At the very end of this film, when it zones out and it's uh, the couple's skeletons and the dog skeleton, oh, yeah. don't the skeletons look very happy? With they the tiny do. Eye holes? Yes, really badly, really badly made Halloween decoration <laughs> skeletons. There was a thing that made me laugh during the end credits of this one. You know, if you watch the Hollywood film, it's got no animals were harmed in the making of this film. Blah blah blah. This one, I assume it, that they've translated from like the Spanish equivalent, and it says no animals were harmed, hurt, or inconvenienced in any way. <laughs> <laughs> and I just imagined like the big scorpion that just turns up just to look menacing just going is this movie going to take long because i'm going to miss my pottery class <laughs> no we won't inconvenience you it's fine now it's time to put an old friend to sleep as we play the last ever game of scary noises no way ah! uh oh phil's gone off to get his noisemaker by the looks of it what have you got emily told me i had to get my dog uh, for to make the noise. Oh, no no way. Way. Is this gonna so, work though? I don't think this is gonna work in any way, shape, or form. But if he won't bark on cue, which I very much doubt, then I'm just gonna shake his collar. We won't be able to use the credit that no animals are inconvenienced. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, Phil and Keith, you are on a team uh, with Emily and Simon and Bryony. You are playing against them. And... Oh, no fair! They get three. <laughs> How many of these films has Keith watched? <laughs> he actually walked out of the room one of them earlier. He didn't. He wasn't keen on um, Dogs from Hell. Fair enough. So in fairness, none of us were. So no. <laughs> you ready? Here's the first pair of scary noises. Pieces started floating to the surface of the sewer around mid-June. Cops immediately thought a serial killer was at large. While the MO was consistent, somebody liked a good chainsaw. But murder's not usually my racket. My name's Jack Chandler. I find missing people, not pieces. Once in a while, the two Jones overlap. I can't remember what any of the bloody films are called. <laughs> <laughs> they don't actually have particularly exciting names, do they? I remember no, all names. No. Is the music Cujo? No. Uh-huh. Is the dialogue pieces? No. 
I was going to suggest that the music was Play Dead. No. (laughs) No, the music was Dogs of Hell and the dialogue was Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. Oh, yeah. Number two. What are we going to do now? Dusted for prints. I'm waiting to hear from the lab. Uh, No good. Came up empty. You know, we're on borrowed time. The music, no, the dialogue. I can stop squeezing that now. The dialogue's from um, Man's Best Friend. It is. And the the music. The music, some some spooky organs. Simon? Uh, No, I've never known the music. Um, Let's just say Psycho 3. It is not. Emily and Phil, do you know the music? What are we going to do now? Dusted for prints. I'm waiting to hear from the lab. Uh, No good. Came up empty. You know, we're on borrowed time, fellas. All right, Doc. Doc, look, you're a little strung out. You're tired. Why don't you go home? We'll round up a few suspects. This bullshit is not going to do anything. What we got to do is go out there and rescue my dog. Sounds 70s E. Uh, I don't know, but they missed a good opportunity for a dog joke there because he's waiting to get the prince back from the lab. Mm. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know what the film was. The spooky organ. Let's go with that. It was video drone. Oh, for fuck's uh, sake. Uh, okay. Number three. You will never see the girl. Let me see. Now you're upsetting me. Simon. The dialogue is Rottweiler, is it? No. Do you want to guess the music? It's really bombastic. I needed a bit more of it. Sorry, don't know it. Emily and Phil, can you get the music and dialogue? You will never see the girl. Now let me see. Now you're upsetting me. See me upset. Believe me. Oh, you want to fuck with me? You think you know bad, huh? You're a fucking choir boy compared to me. A choir boy. I'm in touch with your end. I really like that. Definitely, Arnie. Yeah, I think I know what the dialogue is. Anything? No. I've got the dialogue. Oh, anything? Is it End of Days? It was End of Days. Yeah. Oh, such a good shit film. I don't believe in God. Oh no, I do. Oh, I'm in heaven now. <laughs> Goodbye. It's a whole film. I've not seen it. It's so good. Okay. It's through... I might watch it one day. Uh, yeah. The music was the pack, and oh. uh, halfway then. Wow, one nil to Simon and Bryony. Here's number four. Verbuse Sunday. Verbuse Sunday. Emily. Uh, the dialogue is from Play Dead. It is not from Play Dead. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh. It's from the other one. Yeah. yeah, it's the other one. Phil, Emily, do you know the music? Well, you barely heard it, to be honest. No, sorry. Okay, Brian and Simon, music and dialogue. Verbuse Sunday. Verbuse Sunday. The dialogue is Devil Dog the Hound of Hell, isn't it? It is. Do you know the music, Brandy? No, I don't. It was uh, it was a uh, raka raka. Is it the Babadook? No, Cobweb. Cobweb. Oh. Which wishes it was the Babadook. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it was trying to be the Babadook. Exactly. Number five. I warn you, you should never have come to this house. You will all die. Wow, everyone went at once there, but I think it was Simon first. Dialogue was Monster Dog. It was. I don't know the music. What's the jello where they're dancing? (laughs) Now is it (laughs) then? To dance studio one. I don't know. I want to listen to that all the way through. You're thinking of Murder Rock, but no. No, yeah, yeah. So it's not Murder Rock. Because I I would quite like to listen to that all the way through because it was banging. Okay, Emily and Phil, music. I warn you, you should 
never have come to this house, you will all die. You're going to die too. <laughs> no use trying to resist. You are all doomed. <laughs> Don't stop. I love it. Don't know what that was, but it was fun. It was uh, funky. Oh, yeah. It was from Shock Treatment. Oh. The Rocky Horror sequel. Yeah, okay. That's why it was banging, but not known. Yeah. And last of all... Didn't you notice? I mean, you do remember Mom, don't you? Oh, yeah. She was that nice lady that used to take me to the beach in the playground when I was real little. (laughs) Oh, that was the main. It's the music from Play Dead. It is. The really long date scene where she's got a balloon for no reason. It's actually from the undressing scene, but yeah. Weirdly, I don't remember the boobs. I just remember the fucking balloon. Maybe you saw her tit and thought it was a balloon. (laughs) Quite innocent for a Hitler fan, really. I mean, I... I, Shut up. Um, (laughs) Not a Hitler fan. I just don't understand numbers. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, anyway, dialogue. Don't know the dialogue. Uh, Simon? Uh, don't know. Um, Mrs. Doubtfire? <laughs> no. <laughs> Emily and Phil, can you get the dialogue? Didn't you notice? I mean, you do remember Mom, don't you? Oh, yeah. She was that nice lady that used to take me to the beach in the playground when I was real little. Oh, that was the maid. Oh, I remember Mom now. I came into your room once without knocking, and you were both in bed together. You screamed at me to get out. That was the maid. Uh, it's not wacko, is it? Oh, so close. It's full moon high. Mm. Oh, okay. So, yes, that is 4 0 to Simon and Bryony. Hey! <laughs> 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 So, Simon and Bryony, bully for you. Emily and Phil, unfortunately, a bully XL for you. (laughs) (laughs) That is the worst I've done in scary noises in ages. I'm so sorry, Phil. No, don't apologise. And that's the last ever one. That was the last ever scary noises, but we can't put it to bed without revealing the final, final scores. We have played 84 games of it over the years, and... Bryony's team has won 34. Emily's team have won... 36. Very close. Incredibly close. Mm -hmm. Emily, you and your various teammates are the champions of identifying some music from one horror film and some dialogue (laughs) from a different horror film when they're played at the same time. And that's what life's all about, really, isn't it? Transferable (laughs) skills. Yeah, and yet we're kicking it to the curb. All things must pass. We are coming to the end of another year of Devil Times 5, our seventh year. And that means it's time for our highs and lows of the year. Phil. What were your favourite and least favourite new horror releases of 2023? I'll have to have a talk to me because um, I can't remember everything I've seen and, and I've really loved that one recently. And hello, do you remember your the worst? Oh, I can't think of anything worse than Insidious the Red Door, but I feel bad having the same ones as before, but it was it was really terrible, so I'm going to have to have those, sorry. Fair enough. Emily? I would say this every single year or every year I've been on this podcast, though why I'd be saying it before then is a mystery. I'm very tired. <laughs> Just talking to yourself in the mirror with a hairbrush. <laughs> <laughs> the new releases I've seen this year, I don't think I've got any lows. So I might have to go go for the two highs. And even then, it's going to be a tight race between a few movies. It's quite a lot that I've enjoyed this year. It's been a good year. It has, yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Infinity Pool for one of them. Mm-hmm. Absolute banger. Really, really like it. Can't wait to watch that again. 
And then the second one was going to be between Pearl for a mere goth double bill or Saltburn, which isn't technically a horror, but has some disturbing shit in it. Uh, I'll go with Saltburn. Cool. It's basically a double bill of rich people being cunts, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's my new favourite genre, though. As I've said many times, my sexuality is now mere goth on the hood of a car, taunting Mm. me, drinking wine, eating chicken. James! James! James. (laughs) Too high for Emily, that's why we call you Emily Too High (laughs) McQuaid. I've been called worse, so I'll I'll take it. Thank you. Bryony? Yeah, I was torn between Infinity Pool or Talk To Me because it's just so great to see a horror film like set up with such perfect lore, rules, amazing. But they both mentioned, so just to be annoying, I'm going to say Pope's Exorcist. (laughs) Because <laughs> I fucking love the Pope's Exorcist. It's just Russell Crowe entering his um, Malcolm McDowell period of just taking on any role that will pay. Any old shit. As he gets rounder, he's getting better. Um, <laughs> and I'm I'm here for it. In about 10 years' time, he's going to win an Oscar for playing yeah. Santa Claus. <laughs> anyway, Bryony, what else? Uh, so, yeah, my high, I'm going to say Pope's Exorcist. Uh, Exorcist. I can't even pronounce Are it. Are you going to say Pope's Exorcist? Um, no, no. <laughs> apparently not. Um, my low is cobweb because I was just super disappointed, uh-huh. and it was made even worse because you know when you say to a friend, "Come see this film; it looks quite good," and you go see it, and it's actually quite shit. Now imagine that friend just cliff. Mm. <laughs> so I didn't hate it; I just thought it was poor. <laughs> Simon, I mean, I just have to be honest. And my is Infinity Pool, my high. I uh, just mm-hmm. just really did the business, just like mm, push yeah. stuff. Amazingly well made, you know, me and Goff, just tremendous. Oh, Skarsgård, big fucking, you know, uh, I don't even want to say what's in it because everyone should watch it and they'd be surprised by it. Yeah. Just absolutely phenomenal. And um, yeah. my low is Redfield. It was shit, oh, shit, no, shit, yeah. shit, 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 shit. Waste of talent, <laughs> waste of my time, waste of a good idea. And, you know, you can't make a good Redfield movie now because they made that bad Redfield movie. Fuck Redfield. My high uh, for, uh it's Infinity Pool, yeah. isn't it? It's so good. <laughs> I, I think Bo's Afraid is better than Infinity Pool, even, but uh it's not not really horror. And if I had to come up with an alternative, I'd say Project Wolf Hunting, the Korean splatter action movie set on board a boat. It's brilliant. Mm. Uh my low Dawn Breaks Behind the Eyes, <laughs> which is kind of meta horror movie about the behind the scenes of a horror movie. It's 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 should work on paper it's really good it's like really nicely lit it's unpredictable it's all cryptic it's uh really wonky uh, there's a very very graphic bit of penile dismemberment oh, tick 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 yeah pretty much <laughs> but it's just so lacking in energy or anyone or anything to give a shit about i hated it so they were our highs and lows of 2023 talk to me infinity pool salt burn the pope's exorcist they were our highs <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I've like flattened the curve really badly by including both sets. <laughs> and our lows are Insidious, the Red Door, Cobweb, Renfield, and Dawn Breaks Behind the Eyes. But we're not done yet. Don't go anywhere. We've still got some important news and a listener's competition to come. First, though, Phil, thank you very much for joining us today. I hope you've enjoyed your time here. Very much. Thank you. Good. It's nice to like have an actual fan. Come on the podcast. I genuinely love this podcast. I got back into horror after about 10 or 15 years from listening to this podcast during lockdown. So, um, yeah, thanks, guys. 
Loved it. Sorry. That's what I want to hear. Yeah. That's great stuff. Good, good, good. And where where can people see or hear more of you? I'm doing a tour of my 2023 Edinburgh show next year. Uh, it's called Four Weddings and a Breakdown. It's going to lots of towns. So if you go on to uh, philgreencomedy.com or um, out my, any of my socials at philgreencomedy, you can you can find the link. Yeah, good show. Lots of good funny stories in that. And um, something for Sugar Babes fans as yeah. well. Yeah, randomly. Very much. Are you wearing that same Sugar Babes t-shirt every day of the tour? I change it. I change. I've got a variety of the same Sugar Babes t-shirt. Oh, I thought it was going to be a variety of lineups. That <laughs> <laughs> As would be fitting. Yeah. <laughs> How many true lineups of Sugar Babes would you say there are? One. One. I think there's two. I would I'd say, say two. Yeah. <laughs> I accept Heidi Keshemacher. I accept Heidi. Yeah. I think the Heidi is with the golden years, but there's something about the original lineup. Can't let go. You're listening to the Devil Time Side so <laughs> Podcast. Bryony, this was your 68th appearance on the podcast. Oh, and you, fuck. You're not going to make it to 69. 69 you? <laughs> <That's> nice. <laughs> Fucking gutted because I was in a pub with my dad most of today and he's 69. And we literally just sat there going, 69, dude. Um, <laughs> So absolutely fucking gutted that I didn't make it to 69. That's ridiculous. Is that the sort of thing a mature student should be saying? Yes. As you go off to university? Yes. Yes, that's good. I'm going to be like the most awkward. I'm going to be like, hello, fellow kids, 69, what? And like (laughs) hanging around. No, 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 (laughs) no. Who's this old woman? I'm like, yeah. It's going to be Josie Grossy. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Josie Grossy, Josie Grossy. Have you watched Never Been Kissed? It's when Drew Barrymore goes back to school. Yeah, she pretends to be a high schooler, but she's yeah, actually like But 30. she's actually, yeah, yeah, she's old. Yet if I do that, I'm arrested. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian is off to university and I've been doing this podcast in the exact same format for 84 consecutive months. So it's time to change things up a bit. Emily, Simon and I will be back in January, don't you worry about that, but with a new look, Devil Times 5. And one of our new features is the Horror Help Desk. Uh, I'm going to have to play the jingle now. I don't know if it's any good or not. Yeah, it's um, hard. Do it. Are you ready for this? If you've got a bone in your teeth or a bone of contention, or if you've got a bone to pick, We'll take the bones off your beef at the horror help desk. Some us cause that would be sick. Spooky skeletons theme, it's all mm-hmm. bone sounds and bone references. It's a bit trip hoppy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is cool. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, you like it, cool. A horror help desk is where you contact us with your horror-based problems. Have you had an argument with a friend, your partner, or a lover? about a specific horror movie. (laughs) Is there a particular horror trope that gets on your tits or that you'd like to see more of? Do you have an actual ghost haunting you, but that bloke from Uncanny has ignored your messages? Do you suspect that your next door neighbour is the local serial killer, but that bloke from the police station has ignored your messages? Are you 12 years old and your mum's threatened to send you to a child psychiatrist because you've got Friday the 13th posters all over your bedroom walls? That one might just be me. Anyway, whatever it is, <laughs> it's true, it happened. Oh, no. She didn't actually send me, but she threatened. Anyway, whatever it is, the Horror Help Desk wants to hear from you. In fact, I'd say we need to hear from you, otherwise there'll just be a big silent gap where scary noises used to be. <laughs> the scariest noise of all. <laughs> <laughs> Email dx5podcast at gmail.com and we will do our best to help. 
If you've got a bone in your teeth or a bone of contention Or if you've got a bone to pick We'll take the bones off your beef at the horror help desk So mail us cause that would be sick Ooh, did you get tricky to make that? <laughs> Bryony, Phil, what do you think of that? Does it sound like a good new feature? That sounds great. I've got so many arguments about horror films, I'll send my problem in immediately. Oh, brilliant. And it'd be even better if people who uh, aren't directly connected <laughs> to the podcast did too. As a backup, in case no one... You can send it in under an assumed name. Yeah. I could. Mm. Yeah, as a Hitler fan 254. <laughs> 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 Mrs. Hitler underscore Star Trek. UK. <laughs> 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 Get to fuck. I've been doing this for six fucking years, man, and then all you can say is I'm a Hitler fan. <laughs> <laughs> One more thing to do before we leave you with your snowballs and your eggnogs for a few weeks, and that is to not reveal what next month's theme is, because our other new feature, starting right now, is a fiendish listeners' competition where I'll play some sound clues to the films we'll be discussing, and you have to figure out what the theme that connects them is. And another new feature means I've had to come up with another brand new jingle. Whoa. Oh, man. <laughs> ominous audio! Yes, this is our <laughs> ominous audio competition. Very good. Nice one. That's very original. Uh, I like yeah. it. Kind of rickrolling. Brush. <laughs> <laughs> You are about to hear cryptic clues to three of the titles in the films we're covering in January's show. And if you think you can deduce what our theme is, email your answer to dx5podcast at gmail.com. I have tested this out on a mate who really, really knows his horror and he didn't come up with the correct answer. So it's difficult. But we do have some very nice DX5 merch as a prize. So do send us your answers. you just got to have a quiz, some sort of quiz element, isn't it? <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, I'm a fucking quiz man. quiz maniac? Here are this month's ominous audio clues. Oh, I'm missing Cyclops. So to clarify, each of those three things you just heard is a clue to the title of one of the films we'll be covering next month. If you can figure out what our theme is, email dx5podcast at gmail.com with your answer. And if we get any correct answers, then a randomly selected winner will win some DX5 merch, exclusive DX5 merch that you can't even buy. That's also the address, dx5podcast at gmail.com, to send your horror help desk bones of contention to. That's it. We are done for 2023. Thanks as ever for listening. Enjoy the festivities and don't, whatever you do, catch rabies.